I'm Jamisha Millard, and this is The Black Experience, a dive into everything Black. Sit back, relax, and imagine yourself walking through life in the lens of the Black community right here on CHUO 89.1 FM. Black hair is a crown that takes a lot of maintenance. It is an area that is not given as much focus within most hairstyling schools and requires precise care and nurturing that is specific to each individual. So as a child, my mother, she chemically straightened my hair due to the pressures of society's westernized way of life that we were pushed into. And as I grew up, I experimented with different products, hair coloring and more chemicals, which led my hair to break and weaken. And two years ago, I decided to go natural and cut off all my straight ends. It was definitely a learning process and I'm still learning today. So stay tuned and join me on my journey to learn more about black hair care today. Today for the Black Experience, our topic is black hair. We will be talking about curly hair designs, the salon, and hair care for black girls, tackling different myths we come across in our society in regards to black hair, such as black hair doesn't grow, the use of protective hairstyles, and cultural appropriation. Our special guests in the studio today go by the name of Paula Whitelock and Rhea Jamat. Yes. Please introduce yourselves, ladies. Hey, thank you for having us for the first ever. I love that. I love it. So excited for yes. you. Uh, so you. my name is Paula, as you said, and I am the owner and head stylist at Curly Hair Designs. I had my business for 13 years now. I'm very proud of how far it's come. And I'm really proud to have Rhea with me. Uh, we're going on three years working together. Yes, yes, her work anniversary is actually this week. Ooh. Yes. Happy anniversary. <laughs> uh, yeah. And over the years, uh, I started off as hair done by Paula, hair designs by Paula. And it didn't really encapsulate the reality of how much education we actually end up giving when we have our clients in the chair. And it also didn't encapsulate the fact that we are focused on curly, kinky, coily, and wavy hair types exclusively. We don't do any blow drying. We don't do any chemical straightening. I definitely have the you know friend I can send you to for it. Yeah. Uh, but in our space, uh, we're very focused and invested on helping our clients learn how to love and embrace their hair as it comes. And I'm Rhea. Uh, this is my third year now working at Curly Hair Designs and came straight from Versailles Academy where I did a year at school. And of course, there was no special attention paid to curly, natural hair. So I actually sought out Paula when I started trying to find that education. And so once I connected with her, we just stayed connected. And I jumped right into just curly hair right out of school. So I've been at Curly Hair Designs ever since, loving it. And it's been a really great learning curve in every sense. So learning more every single day with every client that comes in, all the different hair types, all the different stories, all the different products. So just always continually learning. So to begin our discussion, I'm just going to talk a little bit about curly hair designs and how it's going and everything. So first of all, I wanted to know, like, what pushed you to open your hair salon? 
So I've always been a hairstylist. I basically started charging for like cornrows and, and braiding services when I was about 13. Wow. And so I'd be in high school, like in the hallway, braiding hair for friends <laughs> for like a burger and fries, quite oh literally like $10, $5, like started very humble. Okay. <laughs> and so my parents always allowed me to kind of play with hair. I was always that kid, like cutting off the doll's hair and things like that. So. <laughs> So I always I knew that. that. Yep. I cut the cabbage patch down <laughs> Cut it right off. <laughs> you know, so yeah, I feel like when you're in certain industries, it's an industry of passion and it's a it's a craft of passion. So it started off very early, very young. And uh, I just continued on. Um, I found a salon when I was 15. So I've been in actual salon settings since I was 15 years old. And I didn't really get much experience with my own hair type in salons. It was always with straight hair types and then going on into school, once again, straight hair types. And they would teach you how to relax our hair, but not how to embrace and how to actually hydrate our hair. And um, it was definitely upsetting. I remember halfway through, I went to Algonquin and halfway through, I was ready to quit. Like I brought my dad into the office literally with the coordinator mm -hmm. and I was upset. I'm like, mm. this is not right. You know, so I knew there was something that was off, but they're not yet ready to take on the reality of what it takes to embrace all people. You can say black hair, but beyond being a black person, there's a curl type that comes with you. And those vary. There's no one that's alike, no matter what background you cut, because you have your East African curls. A lot of the time, Ethiopian our Ethiopian clients and um, clients from that region may have longer hair, mm -hmm. uh, may have a looser curl than you have. Like, But then I've also seen that same texture run in somebody from Ghana. So it's like you can't really group black hair into one thing. So we really um, just wanted to, to help people understand your hair is not like a number. Mm -hmm. You know, it's very common to hear type two and mm -hmm. three and four. But what does the A, B, C, D, E, F and G even mean? You know, there, you, nobody can really tell you what a, a four B actually looks like when it's hydrated. They just know that when it's dehydrated, it looks like Afro. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But there's so much more yeah. to that. So curly hair designs really is um, it's like an act of love. It's an act of like compassion. One of the most interesting parts I've found at Curly Hair Designs is when you have the crossover from someone that maybe lives in Africa and then you start to see someone that lives in the between before you get to like Morocco and then you get into like the northern hemisphere mm -hmm. and you have those people living in that area, then it's like, are you African? Are you, you know, Arab? Are you mm -hmm. right? And then you start to see the the curly hair types that come with that and the similarities and the differences. And like, I didn't even, I learned so much that I had no idea about before I started. Right. I didn't know that there were people in Africa with soft curly mm -hmm. hair. Yeah. Right. And I didn't know that my hair had curl to it. Mm -hmm. Right. So there was just so much that I've learned. And so I can't imagine people that aren't exposed to that or in their circle or their family or their culture they who don't believe. have that exposure to see what else is out there. OK, 
Um, to go back um, on uh, the subject of like the program that you went to in Algonquin, mm-hmm. do you think, how long ago was that? Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> wow, talking about a decade plus. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. okay. I'm getting up there in age. Okay. <laughs> 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 Embrace it. Absolutely, absolutely. But um, do you believe that like they made some changes following like... Mm-hmm. I think they're working on it. Super minimal. I want to say super minimal because I actually heard uh, from two stylists within the last uh, couple of months that um, they had been told that there's no career in curly hair, as well as bringing in a curly hair model for a blowout um, session. Like you need to bring your your models in for certain things. And she was told that that was not the hair type that should have been brought in for that. So, you know what I mean? I'm looking at my watch talking about 2022. It's like (laughs) people are still so far behind and so invested in their version of life that they're not willing to step outside of what they know. And the reality is the education is out there. I myself, as an educator, I created Curls Understood the Academy specifically for stylists and for the people that educate stylists so that they're there is a, a way for you to actually pass the knowledge on. But really what should happen is a, a huge organization like Algonquin should take the educators to train with me so that they can then pass that on. But instead, what they'd like is for me to come and volunteer my time once this, you know, mm-hmm. once a season or whatever it may be. And it's like, it you're not going to... It should be part gonna, of the curriculum. It, it shouldn't be something be. that's extra separate something mm-hmm. that you have to seek out it's like they should be covering all different hair types mm-hmm. yeah yeah, yeah right? i agree so it's not i don't feel yet. like anything has mm-hmm. changed i know mm-hmm. all the answers i got when i was in school about what to do with if you had curly hair it was always straighten and then you do this <laughs> so i feel like they're not there yet but because there's been so much light brought to this topic as of recent that i know there are stylists that are actually working on rewriting the curriculum right now as we speak okay good so it's coming but i know right (laughs) it's coming what has been your experience like as a black hair salon owner and curly hair specialists in the ottawa area that's that's a very big question yeah we can sit here for an hour i know i love being a salon that is exclusively invested in curls I know that a lot of um, stylist friends that I have in the industry, they will still do silk presses and relax as well as curly hair, as well as, uh, you know, a plethora of things that can be done to Mm -hmm. hair. But I really pride myself in the fact that we chose to focus exclusively on curls. So being that one in the city, it is great. Honestly, it's wonderful when we get a message from somebody like, I have this type of hair, can you help me? And we're like, absolutely, we're the place for you. And even actually the other day I was in the salon and I had a white woman walk in and she's like, do you do my type of curls? Like tugging at her hair and I'm like, you know, we do all hair types. (laughs) All (laughs) hair types are welcome here. Like, so that I find is one of the trickiest things is people assuming based off of our appearance, based Mm -hmm. off of our beautiful brown skin that we only work with. Highly melanated. (laughs) (laughs) So, (laughs) you know, people think that we just focus on one 
type of person, but it's like, we are the human race. And I don't know when the world is going to get it together that we are the human race and we have different cultures Mm -hmm. that we can celebrate. Mm -hmm. We have different things that we all bring to the world, but we're still hung up on black and white Mm -hmm. and everything else, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's wonderful. Amazing. I think think because we focus so much on the curls, it's been more about the inside. Because when you start to look at not just focusing on what your curls can do, it's about embracing whatever you have. Mm -hmm. And that to do that, there's, there has to be a mindset shift that happens. So you end up seeing a lot of people that have not embraced what they have had because they haven't had an opportunity to do that. So you end up working on that as well as their curls. And recently we've had um, mixed kids coming in where it's a parent who doesn't know what to do with their hair. So it could be either or a parent, right? Whether it's white or black, but they end up with someone that has straight hair working with someone that has curls. And my most recent uh, client that I had that was um, mixed, and it was a a boy who was about 17 or 18, and he'd had issues in school with bullying. And uh, that affected his, his own perception of self. And he'd had issues and that all stemmed from his hair because he had this big afro and didn't know what to do with it. So I love when you come in and that like changes the whole direction of your life, basically, because now you start to look at yourself and you like to you start to see what you like in the mirror. Right. Once you start to actually work on your hair and like your hair and mm-hmm. love it. And then that changes how you show up and how you feel about yourself and all these ripple effects happen. So I find from focusing on curls and less so on like the straightening and the blowouts and the that stuff, it it's more of a focus of embracing what you have and then knowing how to take care of your hair. And then you can choose to do whatever it is you want with your hair. So. No, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Because as you said, Jamisha, you know, growing up, it's like the hair gets straightened. Mm -hmm. And I know I got braids up until I was about 13. And then I decided to relax my hair because it was like the next step. That Mm -hmm. was the next thing that you just did. Mm -hmm. And I think that hair is not one of those things that growing up in our households is like, okay, you brush your teeth, you take a shower, but your hair is like this thing that needs to get done. You know, every couple of weeks, like we we used to go weeks without washing our hair because it was just what it was, you know, like Mm -hmm. and then you didn't have the time. You didn't set aside that intentional time to actually add the hair care to self-care. It was just another thing. You know, it's like if you could take your head off and and place it on the (laughs) counter like you would, Mm -hmm. you know, so I think that that's something that really changes when you come into our salon is adding this to self-care. This is a regular part of having to take care of yourself. And it's just as important as anything else. And you deserve that time. You deserve to know and see and feel what it really is when you hydrate your hair and you you know hydrate your body when from you the inside out. Listen to what your hair needs mm-hmm. and you become more in tune with what's happening. That's different. Mm-hmm. So to continue our conversation, um, I really want to focus on the fundamentals of black hair care and some of the myths we come across in regards to black hair. 
First off, what are some important things to keep in mind when caring for natural hair to make sure it grows strong and healthy? Water. Drink water. (laughs) Well, you're not going to mind your business. You're going to drink water. You're going to mind your hair, the needs of your Mm -hmm. hair. Okay. So water is the first thing. Like water and oil. This is where we're going to start this conversation because (laughs) every black person growing up is told to put oil in your hair. Mm -hmm. My mom used to do olive oil mayo and egg treatments it's on the still weekends out there. there's like, like a yeah. cardi b something yeah. right she said something yes no, it's, lie. don't do okay. that it's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> don't do that our hair is science okay so when you actually break down the molecular weight and size of the hair all these raw ingredients are too large to actually enter the shaft mm-hmm. they're just sitting on top and it gives the hair a shiny appearance it may make it feel slippery but is that what your hair actually really wants to do naturally not necessarily because you have different textures there's cotton texture there's wool texture there's silk textures mine's more of like a cotton woolly texture so i'm not looking for it to reflect light i'm like not looking not for the going shine. to shine naturally exactly like, unlike a silky texture. texture it does have that ability to shine naturally you know but i think that the biggest thing is probably the misuse of oils when you're hydrating your hair and you're actually giving it water which is what it's looking for on a regular basis that's how you get the hair to thrive creating an actual routine with the hair a Mm -hmm. weekly sometimes you have to wash it twice a week or wet it down twice a week Mm -hmm. and then put your product in to seal that hydration into the hair Uh, and it is consistency absolutely it's finding those well-formulated products finding that routine and the consistency. So it's not just one magic thing. Mm-hmm. It's all these things combined on a regular basis. Like your wash day is going to be the basis, the foundation of whether or not your hair is going to be healthy and what you're going to be able to do with it and be able to maintain it. Okay. So it's all about wetting it and washing it. Yeah. I remember like, well, my hair was permed, so I could never like wet my hair like mm-hmm. I wanted to, you know. So mm-hmm. I just like as I was starting up in my natural hair journey, like I was kind of just scared of water. Mm-hmm. You know, I was yep. like, am I supposed to? Like, I know. <laughs> but yeah. Um, but as you guys said, the amount of times you should wash your hair depends on like everything. It depends on the person. It depends on your lifestyle. It depends on the products that you're using. Okay. So all those combined with what you do with your life, right? Whether it's someone that's active, someone that's not active, Mm -hmm. where they work, hair type, how well your hair absorbs water, all so many different factors come into play. So it's very individual. The main thing to acknowledge as well is that our scalp is skin, you know, so the reference of, you know, I, we wouldn't go to in three weeks without washing your skin Mm -hmm. um we wouldn't go weak either um (laughs) (laughs) you know but our general thing when we do get a first time client coming in is like let's start off with weekly let's start off with a weekly routine because it does take time Mm -hmm. you know to go through that process and we do acknowledge that that's not always there on a you know especially if you have a high density client yeah exactly it's just that it's not possible Mm -hmm. right to do that more than once a week but once you start with that once a week and develop a routine, mm-hmm. that's the most important part is just getting the routine going and working that in. So you're just not taking on too much all at once. Right. And then you can start to read what's happening with your hair. Like, do I need to wash it more? Can I push it? What you don't really want to, but you know, it's like you start to figure out what your hair needs and then work with that. Okay. Um, do you guys uh, recommend co-washing at all? 
<laughs> no, no, not really. No. I see co washing. <laughs> co washing is a two in one. You're not washing well, you're not shampooing well, and you're not conditioning well. So I see co washing as a solution to a problem, right? And the problem being overwashing. Okay. So I see co washing as for someone that needs to wash often but you're trying to get away from that. So like a swimmer or someone that's in the gym all the time or a runner, someone very active and your head's sweaty and you just, you need to wash it often, but you're worried about over shampooing. So then co-washing then can still gently cleanse and condition and get some of that dirt out. But if you're trying to co-wash instead of shampooing, okay, yeah. then you're not cleansing well and you, you're going to get a lot of buildup and a lot of stuff happening. Okay. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> So <clears throat> as I know, it's really important to look at the list of ingredients when purchasing products. And um, when it comes to washing, conditioning and styling black hair, what are some ingredients we should avoid? And what are some must have products that you guys recommend? Ingredients to avoid. Um, one being silicone. Okay. Um, and by silicone, all the different derivatives of silicone. Right. So you're looking for an ingredient with cone at the end of the word. So dimethicone is a very popular one that's in everything. And keeping in mind that our purpose here is to hydrate. Our purpose is to cleanse and hydrate. And so you can use silicone for other purposes, right? Okay. It's all about the why, because you will find silicone in so many different products, but it's why are you choosing that particular product, right? But if we're looking at, say, shampoo and condition and we just are trying to hydrate, you don't want silicone in there, okay? right? Silicone, it's a plastic, it's a synthetic, so it's going to coat your hair and it's just going to build and it's going to make it even more difficult to get water in long-term. Okay. So silicone, uh, mineral oils, and so many different types. I recently found out a new one, hmm. copolymer. Okay. Okay. Right. Which is apparently a very common ingredient in a lot of hairsprays. It's the hold factor okay. in styling products and it's um, made from petroleum jelly. Ooh. So think about Vaseline, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, when you yeah, put yeah. it on anything, water's sliding right, right off, off. Mm -hmm. and we need water to penetrate. We need water to enter. So yeah, mineral yeah. oils. It's like, do you remember pink hair? So the, the pink hair moisturizer in that pink I bottle? Think so yeah. Yeah. So it goes... Um, I think the first ingredient is mineral oil, if not the second. Same with yeah. like Dax and these type of things that we thought, like when you're greasing your hair, greasing mm -hmm. this up, these things are literally causing a coat of oil to block out any hydration, which is the key that we need the hair to receive. We need it to receive H2O. So it is blocking all of that out. So it is very counter. Counteractive, counterproductive. Yeah. yeah. Those manufacturers are putting it in there to make it easier for you to get through your hair, but it's not to help hydrate it. Okay. So they're making you rely on using those products in order to detangle and comb through it. But if your hair is more hydrated, it tangles less and it's easier to comb through. Right. right? So it's all about the why. So those are the two main ones I look for. And then beyond that, because you know, I'm not a scientist or biologist, <laughs> chemist. Beyond that, I look to see what the top five ingredients are. So what's in there? I look to see if there are oils in 
the ingredients like list. natural oils? Because you want oils that are in the ingredients because they are broken down, okay. right, within the product. So that's going to penetrate penetrate the hair, and it's not a raw, a raw oil, right? Um, and then fragrance. I just am aware of where fragrance is listed in the list. So I want it halfway or lower down. Mm-hmm. If it's halfway and above, then there's too much emphasis placed on fragrance. Okay. And then you know it's more marketing. If you just want that product to smell good and you're not really so concerned with what is in it and mm-hmm. what everything else is doing, then I would steer away from mm-hmm. from that one. Okay. Right. Because the top five or so ingredients, mm-hmm. it's the ingredients closer to the top are what the product mostly has in it. Okay. So that's why you have to be very mindful of, you know, the first thing is always going to be water. You know, um, the line that we use in the salon is Earth Tones Naturals. Um, she always gets a plug. <laughs> she's from, <laughs> yeah, she's yeah. from Toronto. She lives in Ajax. Okay. And um, so she's a black woman um, that is a naturopath. And she has three little girls. So she formulated this line to make sure that she felt safe using something in her own kid's hair. So I've been with this line for several years. And I've tried different things over the years. And nothing has convinced me to switch. Um, so that is something that you can get on our website. You can get in the shop, in the salon. Uh, and we, we speak very highly of it because we know that it works. Mm-hmm. We've seen it do what we need it to do. Um, but so when people come into the salon and they're asking about different lines, uh, sometimes we won't, we can't really speak on them because we don't use them, mm-hmm. you know, but we can decipher, help our client decipher by the ingredients as to if we would or would not, refer them to stick with it or just finish it up and then switch Mm -hmm. over to what we what we recommend now uh i'm gonna be talking about trims Mm -hmm. it appears to me that uh some women don't trim their hair thinking it won't grow for example like my little sister she does not want to ever cut her hair Mm -hmm. because she thinks it's more detrimental than beneficial Mm -hmm. but could you ladies go in depth about the importance of trimming our ends and the benefits it brings to the health of our hair. A split end is like a cheese string. (laughs) You know what I mean? So you're pulling the cheese string and it's like, it's splitting from the bottom up. So you have length growing from the roots down, but split ends are going from the ends up. So anything that is not trimmed off on a regular basis is going to just continue Mm -hmm. to split and it's going to break any of the healthy length that could actually be retained. So length retention Mm -hmm. is the reason why we recommend trims on a regular basis. Regular basis for us means anywhere from three to four months, five and six months is pushing it. It's really actually pushing it because the ends are always going to split. There's no product that you can get to bind the split ends together. They just need to be trimmed off. Mm -hmm. So the more frequently, and once again, that word consistency comes in, the more consistent you are with your hair practices, you know, the more you'll be able to retain length. But we also have to be mindful of what length retention looks like for our hair because our hair goes up to the sky. Mm -hmm. It's not growing down, you know, Mm -hmm. it's not growing down like straight hair. So a lot of the time clients are concerned about what length looks like but it's like length looks like fuller larger hair sometimes Mm -hmm. it doesn't always look like it's running down your back so once again yeah as Mm -hmm. Rhea said that mindset shift around what length actually is and where we actually have it on our head is really important for clients to understand and especially if you're starting out in your journey then 
depending on how much you initially want to take and how much is actually damaged on the hair. So that's going to sort of determine how how meticulous you're going to be with those three or four month trims, how often you're going to get it because you want to be able to get the ends off before it breaks, right? So it's even more so important in the beginning of your journey because what what you're starting with on your head, whether it's you have like half the, the length of your hair might be damaged, right? And you're not maybe willing to take all of that off mm-hmm. right away, right? So you want to, if you're just going to start trimming it in the beginning, then you have to make sure you're coming in to keep trimming at it as it starts to grow. So you maintain the length, right? So that's why some people, when you start and you do that big chop, it's almost better. And then you can relax a little bit on, on, you know, getting in to get those trims done. Right. And what are some of the main causes of uh, split ends? Could be anything from just manipulation, right? Manipulation, environmental, um, heat damage. I think manipulation is probably the biggest one for us. Um, Because depending on the, if you have fine, medium, coarse hair, because a lot of tight curlies have really fine hair. So it's really fragile. Mm -hmm. So even just getting braids, putting extensions in will break your hair. Well, that also depends on how long you keep them in for, right? Not necessarily. (laughs) Really? Because if you look at how, how small are those sections of hair for the braid versus how much is hanging off of that one square inch of hair, right? You might have hair break just from putting an extension on, right? And so that's why a lot of people will lose their hairline because it's so fragile and it just can't handle it, right? So you just have to decide for yourself like what you want and what you're willing to lose to get that, (laughs) right? So there's no right or wrong, but it's it's just facts of like, how fragile is your hair? It just depends on what you have in your head. So it's different for everybody. Okay. Yeah, because that's the thing with braids. It's like we see the growth at the root. Mm-hmm. So yes, our hair our hair is always growing regardless if you have braids in Fox. it or not. But is that length being retained? Not necessarily because now you're not getting water in your hair for however many weeks those braids are in. So it's it's once again, a, it can mm-hmm. be very counterproductive. So a protective style to me is kind of saving you from the time that you need to put into working with your hair, but it's not necessarily creating like more more health. So as we know, black hair in its natural state shrinks, Mm -hmm. preventing people from seeing its real length and leading to the popular belief that it doesn't grow long. But with proper care, you actually can. Yes, (laughs) you actually can grow your hair as long. So what is your take on the myth that black women can't grow hair? Mm, It's like the biggest myth. Yeah, it is the biggest one. Yeah, And I think that's also a societal Thing, once again of what does length actually look like mm-hmm. you know because as you see I just pulled Rhea's hair out. <laughs> <laughs> you know and shrinkage is actually the hair springing back into its natural state so it's, it's a sign of health more than mm-hmm. anything okay. so you so can twist it out you know to manipulate that curl to stretch and look longer uh, but why why is length always looked at as this extra piece of beauty and 
I also have some guilt there with my locks. I want them to be extra you long so to. they can swing around. <laughs> and I have to catch myself sometimes when I'm saying these things. It's like, why is that? You know, mm-hmm. why do I want a ponytail? Like, what is what is like the real benefit and bonus? <laughs> I know, right? And but it's like it definitely, you mm-hmm. know, we're we're living in in this That's Western society. world, so yeah. it's like it is very challenging sometimes to move on to the other side of those things. Uh, but shrinkage is just something that is natural. It's going to happen. It is more a sign of health than not because our hair stretches up to 50% when it's wet. So if it doesn't snap back, then it's like, that's, mm-hmm. that's damage. That can be chemical damage, can be heat damage, um, manip- just too much manipulation as we were saying earlier. So there's all types of reasons as to why the hair doesn't snap back. So we actually do want it to snap back and, and shrink a bit. Okay. Mm-hmm. But still, it was growing. Yeah. yeah always I, I growing. mean, faster for some, more so than others, but it's still mm-hmm. always growing. Yeah. Technically, it's anywhere from half an inch to an inch. Um, and for some, maybe a little bit more, mm-hmm. but that's the kind of average that anybody gets um, on a month on a monthly basis. So, you know, once again, if you're not trimming those ends and keeping it healthy, then you're not going to retain any of that, that mm-hmm. healthy length that mm-hmm. is coming in. That's also why it's important to look for a curly specialist. Yes. Because if you chop more off than you mean to, then you got to wait. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that happened to me like a few weeks ago. Oh. A few weeks ago. Yeah. Because like I had um, taken out some braids and I was like, damn, like, let me just try to trim my own mm-hmm. hair, you know. Mm. And I trimmed it when it was straight instead of wet. And then like when I was styling my hair, I realized that one side was shorter than yeah. the other one. And then I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Then you tried to even it off. Yeah, I tried bit. to even it out. Like, <laughs> but yeah, no, but whatever. Even that reality with like for some, you know, if you want to really dust the ends and cut it straight, like it has its benefit Benefits. for depending mm-hmm. on what your day-to-day style is for people that still do straighten like go back and forth mm-hmm. then they may want to do that but if you're exclusively curly yeah. it's it's not going to benefit you to you know to do it when it's, it's straight you will not get the same type of result at all when it's curly versus when it's straight yeah. okay. mm-hmm. um and do you guys at the salon like do you offer trims only or do you have to get like the the whole like cut experience the curl, sorry, curl experience. So a trim, Twofold. a cut, <laughs> whatever it is, it can be mm. a half an inch, it could be a mile. It is still an entire experience. Okay. You're coming in, you're getting your wash. We have a micro mist steamer that helps the, the water to penetrate into the hair even further. You have the detangling. Open the yeah, opens the cuticle, lets the hydration really enter the hair. You have the conditioning process. You have the cutting process, the styling cutting process. Cutting wet and dry. Right? Because mm-hmm. it's not not just like you cut wet and then you dry and then you have to see how the hair sits. There's okay. a finishing to everything that we do. There's the education that comes with it. So a first time client comes in for the ultimate curl experience every time because we don't know as much as the client doesn't know what we're working with. And we want to make sure that we have that time to go through that experience. And then when you come in for the that um, that uh, second uh, service, then we do have a returning service uh, for those clients. But it's not about how much we cut off. It's really about the the entire experience that you're given when you sit in our chairs. Okay. So when you say trim versus cut, you're actually doing the exact same thing. And it's just about how much you take off. Okay. That's the only difference. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Yeah, like mm-hmm. I kind of say like a trim to me is like two inches or less. Okay. A cut is a little bit more, you know, you could a big chop is something different. So, yes, there are different things, but they all involve the same process. Okay. Mm-hmm. For our returning clients that have been in, we do offer a dry cut option. Today's discussion is centered around black hair. We tackled the different myths surrounding black hair. And now we will be talking about protective hairstyles and cultural appropriation. So um, in your opinion, what are some of the healthiest protective hairstyles that we can wear? I think it really comes down to a couple of different things, whether it's done with your natural hair or whether it's done with extensions. Uh, I love like a good twist, you know, style that's in for that seven to 10 days. But then it's like by day 14, you got to you got to get those out, get the hair washed and hydrated again and start over. So with any protective style, it really is a matter of how long it's kept in. I think that when it's with uh, extensions, you end up wanting to keep it in for longer because you just sat there for them hours <laughs> yeah. and got it done. Eight hours. You know? <laughs> oh my gosh. So, yeah. you know, I understand why people want to keep brazen for much longer, but it's not really benefiting the hair when you can't get water into the hair. So even when you have extensions and you can still wash the scalp, you can still, you know, hydrate the ends, uh, but it's not as ideal because then the braids get messy, you know? (laughs) Right. So I think that protective styles, I do those in air quotes because what are you protecting yourself from? You know, really it's protecting you from the time that you need to spend on that weekly or I say 10 days because really 14 days is a push, yeah. but it does happen. Absolutely. Especially for kids, you know, for mm-hmm. kids, I have a lot more grace because especially if you have more than one, it's like you have to do opposite, you know, wash days, opposite wash weekends, and you have to navigate it a little bit differently. But um, for, you know, for more of a teenager adult, it's like, how can you find time for yourself within the week and within the 10 days, within the, you know, under 14 days range. Um, and I know for a lot of students, when you're studying, it's like, it's just, it's brave. It's just what you do. But I still think it's really important to acknowledge what are you really protecting yourself from? Um, because our hair doesn't really need to be protected. It needs to be acknowledged. It needs to be cared for. Mm-hmm. It needs to be taken care of. So, so I have a little bit of a, you know, little shoulder slug when it comes to <laughs> protective styles <laughs> but like during winter though isn't it like protecting the hair from like the brittle cold you could put a hat on <laughs> a hat like, with satin lining we'll have them available this what's going to protect the hair is deep conditioning more okay or making sure that hair is hydrated right not going outside with wet hair yes really making sure the hair is dry the hair needs to be dry before you step outside in the winter the summer is different mm-hmm. you know the air is hot it's going to dry it for you but in the winter months when it is when it starts to get cold you should never leave the house with a cold head because the hair is then being forced to freeze like ice like oh, it's, yeah, it's yeah. trust icicle. me I, I do it yeah. it's it's not good mm-hmm. uh, you had you have icicles in your head <laughs> but and you also mm-hmm. do 
decrease the longevity of your curl set okay. because a good curl set is going to last much longer when you set it with, with heat. heat. So whether it's a hooded dryer or whether it's diffuser and even using these type of um, to especially diffuser, a lot of people don't know how to use a diffuser, but they have one. So that's another thing, you know, when you're in the salon, we teach you how to actually make use of it so that your curl set can last that five to seven, you know, to 10 days that it really can mm. hold up. But yeah, in the winter, just paying more attention to your hair. Okay, perfect. Awesome. How long should we keep in, like, according to you guys, like, how long should we actually keep, like, our protective hairstyle, depending on which one it is? Like how long to keep it in? Yeah. Um, that's assuming that you're still washing it and taking care of it while it's in. I feel like once you can grab your hair... <laughs> Under where the extension starts, <laughs> that's way overdue. Okay. Right? So, <laughs> right? Like, because once that happens, then it's twisting and turning. And it's going to cause even more breakage. Okay. From the root. Yeah. And the, I've lost my hairline, you know, from single braids, like back to back to back um, when I was probably around 18. And the hair has never come back the same. Because mm. the follicle has actually been ripped out. Oh my you know, god! Yeah. So mm -hmm. with braids, we have to be very mindful of how long they're in and not letting them hang. Um, I know, you know, for some after like maybe the third or fourth week, they'll get the front redone so that there's mm -hmm. not as much pressure. So it really is about how much pressure is happening on that that braid. Mm -hmm. It's like remember micro braids. Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like, and you could see the white bulb hanging around mm -hmm. the hairline, like. It's just, it's not healthy for the hair at all. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so you really have to be mindful of what your hair can handle, knowing what it can mm -hmm. take and what it can't take. Our hairline's already very fragile. Traction alopecia is very common in our community, and it is something that can be avoided. Mm -hmm. Okay. I usually keep mine in for like six weeks. That's the average. Yeah. I think okay. that's the average. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> At least I'm good on that. <laughs> <laughs> um, awesome. All right. Um now, uh, we're going to be talking about the cultural appropriation. So um, it's going to get pretty deep over here. Um, <laughs> so according to you guys, who can wear protective hairstyles? At what point does it become cultural appropriation? Because like I have like I even have an Arab friend. She asks me, like, can I? Where like is it okay for me to wear cornrows or you know like I want to know what you think <laughs> <laughs> me <laughs> honestly like to me it wasn't like it wasn't that deep but I have a friend uh, who's really woke I would say and um, she just opened my eyes and she told me like you should tell your non-black friends that they shouldn't uh, wear braids or like even with extensions or nothing like they shouldn't. It's just not like it's our culture, you know, so I don't know. I so I have a few opinions about it. Um, my best friend is white and growing up, I would braid her hair. You know, I, I put extensions in her mom's hair with beads. <laughs> yes. yes, she had them beads shaking all around. It was so cute. Um, and it was just something that we did. I just I needed somebody's head to practice on. And so. They were some people that I used mm -hmm. to practice on. Um, now, I think that there's a reality of as black people, the world doesn't necessarily appreciate what's coming out of our head. Facts. You know, there's 
a law right now. There's the Crown Act that is being passed in the states, and it hasn't touched all the. Um, how many states are there now? Fifty one, fifty two. It has. <laughs> it has not touched all the states yet. I think mm-hmm. maybe around 14, 15, 16 states have passed this law that you cannot be discriminated against for your hair type. Just the other day, you know, in the army, you could not have locks. You couldn't have braids. So the fact that as a black person where our hair grows out of our hair head in the way that it does and we rock the styles that we do mm-hmm. culturally and we're demonized for it within a workplace, you know, that's not okay. Mm-hmm. So for somebody who is non-black to rock the styles as just a simple style, I'm like, oh, okay, that's a choice. And I think, um, hmm. I think it's, it's tricky because I was telling Rhea about a song um, by Common, When We Move, The Whole World Follows in Our Path. And we were talking about how people love what we got. Mm-hmm. People love to celebrate, you know, the beauty of our blackness, but they don't understand it. Mm-hmm. They don't get the history behind it or even care to take the time to take it there. So, you know, uh, y'all can't see my face <laughs> when I'm speaking, but I think I'm not really indifferent about it. I'm like, it's not my favorite thing to see, mm-hmm. but I'm also not going to allow it to mash up my day. Thanks. You know, I'm not going to allow that. Uh, I think that people who wear styles like this that are not black need to be mindful of how it can make somebody else feel to see that you want to rock the style, but you don't want to understand anything but that. You don't want to actually embrace the culture beyond the fashion of it all, you know? Um, So I think that's a little bit about how I feel about it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well said. Thanks. Yeah, because I think that's just it. It's about embracing it and respecting it and understanding it. And I'm a little bit more passive when it comes to that, because I see for me, it's like a compliment. I feel like it's you want to mimic and imitate what you see, like um, what's it called? Imitation is flattery. Right. So uh, when it comes to cultural appropriation, I like, I don't take offense to it. I feel like they want to look like us and they like it and they love it and they want to show it off. And I feel like, who are we to say like, you can't do that. I just feel like it's, it's each person's individual opinion and choice and right. Like it's, you can wear what you want. You can wear your hair the way you want. Like, I just feel like I, I don't like to take it to that. extent where it's like now it's offensive or it's an issue I mean some people feel very strongly about it but I just feel like do you yeah that's how I feel too but like my best friend she's so like I don't know I think I'm more with your best friend (laughs) (laughs) because what I'm hearing you say that I'm like I hear you Mm -hmm. and I understand it but I also don't necessarily love it yes 
because I know the the black lawyer in the law firm Mm -hmm. that doesn't feel like they should be wearing their locks. That feels like they need to wear a weave to make sure that they fit in. And we have those clients that come in and sit in Mm -hmm. our chairs that work in the government and are like, oh, I can never wear my natural hair because I'm going to have everybody touching it up, you know, like so I, I definitely have a harder time with the full acceptance around it because Mm -hmm. people are not there yet. And I know I saw something on Instagram the other day, a black woman with the Afro checking herself in the mirror and the white lady comes up and she's like, can I, and she's like, no, 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 you cannot touch Mm -hmm. the fact that I've had this happen to me, you know? And I remember speaking to a youth that was so, so he's like, Oh, it's okay. He was so passive about somebody Mm -hmm. touching his head. I was like, no, no, no. This is your space. This is your bubble. People are not allowed to enter and just touch you up just because they are curious about it. So the curiosity factor that people have around our culture, I'm like, "Mm." but the fact that you won't get demonized in the same way for it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes that can that doesn't sit as well for me. I definitely get the two points. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. They end up getting demonized in a different way. That's true. (laughs) <laughs> by us by, about conservation uh-huh, right but I mean <laughs> it's just a lot needs to shift both ways mm. back, right? Um. so how can we nicely tell like non-black folks that they cannot wear, what hairstyles they cannot wear well we don't offer braiding services at the salon <laughs> <laughs> so we ain't gotta uh... worry about it <laughs> I, I I wouldn't like if you ask me my opinion, then I'll tell you that whether or not I think it'll suit you. <laughs> but, you know, I, I would not just come out and say, tell someone that I see on the street, you should not be wearing your hair like that. Yeah, I wouldn't either just because I'm like, I'm not about to give that energy. Yeah, to, right. To that person. But what if it was like your friend and she wants to like get locks i'll be like girl why like (laughs) for what what is a conversation yeah that's a different conversation when it's somebody that you actually do know Mm -hmm. and and that's the thing with with educating somebody as black people we are expected to give someone else that is non-black this knowledge around why they should why they shouldn't how they're going to say this why they don't want to say that it's like i don't always have the energy for that and i don't feel like it's our responsibility Mm -hmm. but when we do have somebody that is in our circle that we do have love for and we do care for i think that absolutely we can take that time to have that conversation but if i don't know you like that like (laughs) i'm you're not about to get that energy for me i have other things to do i have a son (laughs) I'm a mother. I'm a mother. Uh-huh. No trauma. <laughs> Hi, Rashid. <laughs> By the way, your little baby, he's so gorgeous. Thank you. I'm so proud. It's <laughs> so honored to be a mama. You should be. Your creation is amazing. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Um, but yeah, so I'm going to be wrapping up our conversation now. Uh, we had a Great interview. I loved yes. it. Thank you so much yes. for being here. Thank you for having us. You're welcome. Yes. Thank you for having us. So um, before I wrap up, where can our listeners find you? 
Curly Hair Designs on all socials. We are located at 275 Britannia Road in the west end of the city, right by Britannia Beach. We have a beautiful location. Come get some ice cream and some coffee <laughs> after or before you get your hair done. Mm-hmm. And uh, otherwise, yeah, we look forward to having, you know, many people in the salon and helping you just embrace what you've got. Because if it was gifted by God, then he didn't make no mistake on you, girl. Period. Mm-hmm. If you have any questions or you're not sure about something that we offer, just feel free to reach out, ask a question. Okay, perfect. All right. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Yay. This was the Black Experience on CHUO 89.1 FM, a safe space where we discuss and dive into everything Black. Thank you for listening and catch us right here every Wednesday on lunch hour from 12 to 1 p.m. If you missed our show, please tune in on Spotify. That was it, folks. Have a great rest of your week and see you soon.